Well, greetings again to all of the prudent preppers and uh, or preppers or how about believers? I think I like that word better. Uh, but at any rate, I want to give one final broadcast that dealt with this four things that need to happen before the new world order will be ushered in. And I'm going to remind you, I mean, most of this, I've, I've given kind of some <coughs> updated thoughts. These were things that the Lord was showing and revealing back in 1992. So if that was being revealed then, where are we? That's just kind of a rhetorical question, but where are we right now? We're that much closer. It's just that simple. Um, I'm not going to labor back over them, but just to, to recap the four things. Number one, the destruction of the current economic system, and that is worldwide, and we could go on and on. We're watching it. It is absolutely taking place. Number two, the destruction of nationalism. And I'm going to throw this in because I don't think I put that in another time. Think back over even the last decade, uh, maybe the last couple of decades, and how that the United States has gone into conflicts, into war. And if it wasn't the United States, it was it was others. But the United States has been a huge part of actually undermining, removing many dictators over the world. Uh, there, there was one, and I'm, I'm, somebody can probably help me on this, the man that was down in uh, the northern part of Africa, his name started with an M, uh, but the, there was him, uh, of course there was Saddam Hussein in Iraq, uh, there have been others that American military might has been the instrument that has removed them from their country and from power. And you got to stop and ask yourself, why? Why was this done? Uh, there's been all kinds of controversy, for example, about the thing in Iraq. I'll give you the Wilsonology on this without going all the way around the mountain on it. What it really amounts to is, this is my opinion, I think you have had, we have had dictators, and they were in one sense small compared to your mighty powers, but they were dictators that were over countries that would refuse to play ball with the one world government, with the globalist agenda. They wanted their own little dictatorship. They wanted their own little thing. So they were, they were just leave me alone. No, I'm not playing ball with you. And American military intervention was used to remove them from office. Yes, there were different reasons and excuses, etc. And I have, you know, I don't disagree with the fact that they were probably very brutal and very evil people. But that's that's what I really believe took place. You've got to get rid of this nationalistic mindset. People have to have a global mindset so that they will be 
just willing, subservient members of a globalist society. And you can't have nationalism. So that was number two. Number three, the destruction of faith in Jesus Christ. And yeah, we could go on and on on that one. And number four, the destruction of the family. And these are the things that I want to just close with. In Matthew chapter 24, and of course there's parallel uh, passages in, in some of the other synoptic gospels. Jesus presented the signs of his second coming. And since we know that the rapture does come before, no matter what your position is on that, we need to be aware of the seasons. You see, persecution is not coming. It's here. And in America, it's not at a major level yet. But I want you to think about this again. And maybe we brought it up, maybe we didn't. But at the height of this health crisis, what they called a pandemic, what was closed the most? What was attacked the most? Churches. There literally were pastors in America and especially in Canada that were jailed. There were churches fined thousands upon thousands of dollars. Yet you had Walmart, liquor stores, and other retailers that were just allowed free access. It was absolutely obvious what was taking place. You know, one of the things that God showed me a while back, and and when you go back into Matthew 24, Jesus operated not only as our Redeemer and Savior, but he operated in the office of a prophet. And Jesus was prophesying about the coming destruction of Jerusalem that we know now from history took place in A.D. 70. And when Jesus was telling them this, you got to remember, a lot of these new believers now in Jerusalem, because remember on Acts chapter 2 and then further on, you know, uh, man, there was there was 3,000 saved on, in Acts chapter 2. There was another 5,000 added. There, there was a, a huge uh, segment, thousands of people that had become believers, Christians in Christ, Yeshua, Christ, whatever words you want to use there i don't get caught up in the semantics but in the lord and jesus was prophesying to them and what we miss a lot of times in our western culture is understanding what was happening because as things begin to escalate and then literally they begin to see the military coming up they begin to see an army coming around jerusalem your Christians, and this is historical. If you go back into to ancient historians, Josephus is one of them. But if you go back into their, their accounts, these Christians did exactly what Jesus told them to do, which was to not even run back into town. When they saw it coming, it was, we would use the term time to bug out. And that's exactly what they did. And History tells us that 
multitudes of them went up into a mountain village or, or town called Pella, which is not that far distant from Jerusalem, but they literally got out. They went to Pella, and of course they were then spared the destruction that took place actually in Jerusalem when the temple was leveled and all of that sort of thing. There's also, in, in theological terms, there's a, there's a term called double, the law of double reference. And so absolutely, there's just the same way that John 3.16 still applies to us. You know, Matthew 24 has application for us. And we're watching things come to pass. And here's just a question. I'm not giving you an answer, but here's just a question. Are those of us that are prepared, or we're prepared so we're able to escape many things? that are going to come about. I'm convinced we're not going to escape them all, but we can definitely be spared many things that are going to come and transpire on this earth. You can just answer that question for yourself. There's a scripture in Galatians 4, 4 and 5, and I'm not going to go back and read it. You can read it. It talks about Christ coming in the fullness of time. That phrase right there, the fullness of time. When it was God's timing, and God is the one in control of timetables, when it was God's time, hell couldn't stop it, the devil couldn't stop it, there wasn't anything going to hold back the fact <clears throat> that God sent forth his son born of a woman. So it's God's timetable. And, you know, God's plan of redemption would be completed, and it was through the birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And so we, we're looking back on that. But no one knew the day nor the hour, but there were, my word, hundreds of prophecies that were fulfilled. And I know I've read that, how many, but I, I can't bring it to my mind right this second but of all of these prophecies every one of them was fulfilled it was fulfilled in the fullness of time no one knew exactly when it was going to happen but if you really had been watching someone would be able to comprehend and understand that it was getting close to the season for that and I know scripture tells us that no man knows the day nor the hour of the, the you know, Christ return to this planet. And certainly no one knows then the day nor the hour for the catching away or rapture of, of, of the body of believers. But although we don't know the day or the hour, we can know what the seasons are. You may not know when the first frost is going to hit. But you can definitely tell when you're getting close and winter's coming. And I'm just going to share this. This is personal. Take it. Put it on the shelf if you need to. But I've gone back in my prayer journal and in July 7th, 2020, in prayer, the Holy Spirit, I believe, spoke this to my heart and it was out of Luke 22, 53. This is your hour and the power of darkness. And I believe 
This is Wilson's opinion, Wilson's belief, but I believe it's by the Spirit of the Lord that this right now, where we're at, this is the hour and the power of darkness. And we're watching all of these things transpire. And, you know, I, God told me early when this pandemic supposedly hit, things are not going to go back to what we used to call normal. It's just not going to happen. But the thing I want to encourage myself and all of us with, do you realize we can have the privilege of being the generation that experiences the catching away of the believers, that that steps into all of that. We are the generation that can experience the fulfillment of every prophetic word that has ever been spoken. And yes, that, that relates to man that gives us an urgency to tell people about Christ, to bring them into faith, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And and there is an urgency with that, but there's also, you know, the Bible doesn't say that we have a, well, you know, who knows, you know, maybe, you know, God will do something. We don't have a blessed maybe, we have a blessed hope. And Bible hope is not a, I wish it would happen. Bible hope is an absolute certainty. And I, I just want to encourage anyone who's listened to these, you know, be encouraged. Because all of these preparations we're making, uh, the greatest preparation is the preparation of the heart. And then beyond that, absolutely. Every preparation that we're making, and I'm still making preparations. Uh, matter of fact, just got through setting up some rain collection barrels. That's, maybe I'll post a picture but y'all the 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 biggest thing is you know god wants us not to be fearful not to be in trepidation but god wants us to be prepared as the five wise virgins and we're we're going to step into the greatest wedding feast you've ever seen god bless and uh, enjoy reading comments please Leave some and uh, share this if you want to or share with somebody where they can listen to them. And many, many blessings.